0: Log Talk Radio
1: Tyler, JJ, and Graham. How you guys doing? Hello,
2: Jeff.
1: Hello. It's a nostalgic Sunday throwback show. Except we're live
2: instead of just recording. Hopefully,
3: we've improved. I don't think so. so it's, it's probably not... doesn't work. Oh, okay. <laughs> now you get rusty. It's been weeks since we've done this. It's
1: been a. It's been almost a month. So it's it's like between three weeks and a month, I think.
3: So.
2: So Ooh, what, to, what what have you guys been up to? Not uh Christmas shopping. Uh,
3: we went on a vacation in there. That was fun. Yeah. That was great. Yeah.
1: So so we have the wings this weekend apparently. Oh nice. <laughs> so you're not at roasty. At least yesterday. Anyway.
3: All right. Where'd you go on vacation, JJ? Uh Reno, Nevada. Oh, it wasn't really a orientation. The it was like it was a family business. Like, Grandpa died in May, and we had to go and take care of family business. Oh, well, I'm sorry to hear that. Basically, we had to say goodbye to everybody who lives out there because we're never going to go out there again. It was fun, though. <laughs> That's a buzzkill.
4: <laughs> yeah, right? Uh... So long, family.
3: I mean, it's Reno. I, we're, um, we have the Internet. I talk to you guys, and I, I hardly see you. I'm not coming out just specifically to see you. And there's nothing to do in Reno.
4: Nothing at all? Isn't there gambling?
3: Yeah, if you want to go to Nevada to gamble, you should go to Vegas. Oh. Uh-huh. Out near Kansas City, there's riverboats that are in better shape than the casinos in Reno.
0: Hmm.
3: Well, speaking of riverboats
1: and gambling, Mike Babcock gambled by playing Gustafson back-to-back games, and it didn't work.
4: How did the riverboat work into that?
1: Riverboat, Ron, coach of the Panthers, gambling, gambling on a riverboat, gambled to play the goaltender back-to-back games. I don't know. I thought it worked. It worked in my head. Shut up. So (laughs) they lost to the Panthers. mind is
3: a saw trap.
5: (laughs) I take
1: it
3: back
2: you, you are, Rusty. You're just like the rest of us.
3: Uh, So yesterday was garbage, huh? Just hot garbage. I wouldn't even say hot garbage. It was just cold, uh, lukewarm garbage. Just the smelly... My my sink is backed up and my garbage disposal doesn't work garbage.
2: Like it's been sitting there a while. It's no longer hot. Yeah. Yeah, like
4: you... You run the you run the water in and go. Oh, I haven't run that in a while. There's there's shit down there. I forgot about that. Uh, I mean,
3: I'm not even mad. I'm not even mad at the team. I'm. I do at least to a point by the third game in four nights and second on a back to back. I think that, that that did play into how just awful they looked in the third period. Like they couldn't connect on any passes. They just looked like a tired team, and that's. It's not an excuse because the Panthers aren't a very good team, so you should be able to, uh, you know, effort your way out of that by not trying such fancy passes, but,
5: yeah, it is what it
3: is. It's, I don't know how long it's going to take me to worry about the team missing, like, really key components, although we'll have Dotson to back tomorrow, so or Tuesday, rather. And if they lose that game, then I'm going to be really mad.
4: I I kind of got to the end and I thought, you know, out of all the the really terrible losses that the Wings have had this year, and there've been seven, eight, this one upset me the least. Like, I really the game ended and I was just like, whatever, you know, just you could you could see it coming once. Uh, I mean, you could see it coming through the whole second period. Florida was just better yesterday. The Wings looked they looked tired. I you know. I'm kind of like J.J. I don't buy a ton of excuses, but it was. It's three and four nights. They're missing. They're still missing everybody. So, I don't know. It was just one of those games where I was like, eh, I wasn't going to get myself worked up. I know a lot of people were getting worked up over it.
1: but Tyler, I know you watched the game closely last night, and <laughs> you got kind of worked up over it. What, what were your thoughts on the game? <laughs>
2: Um, no, this is the first game that I didn't even have a chance to breeze through on DVR. Um, I'm confused, though, just, uh, you know, looking at the box score and everything, because, uh, you know, we beat them in face-offs pretty good, yet apparently it was a bad game. I'm not understanding.
4: Uh, wait, but the important, did we out-hit them? Because that's really the key there. Uh,
2: yes, yes, by by a small margin. Um. Giveaways looks like it was kind of a big deal. I'm gonna guess that was a story of the game, given the 17 to 4 margin in that <laughs> department.
4: <laughs> yeah, honestly, I, I would say 16 of those were weren't even really errors; they were just passes that didn't connect, and Florida got them. I guess. Like, yeah, thank you.
3: That's evidenced well, by I, the five takeaways that they got to our 10.
4: Yeah, yeah. It was it was not a good game. At all, it was one of those games that that every team has inevitably against a bad team. The difference is we have excuses for this one. You know, it's instead of just uh, eh, you know, it's one game, whatever, no big deal. It's like, oh hey, they hey they played a bunch and they're missing everybody and that's why they played bad. Yeah. Gustafson was sharp though.
2: Yeah. Do so you want uh, him to be the starter?
4: Oh, yeah. I, I, a, you know I what? I'd trade Howard. Forget it. Trade him.
1: Get that, a good night that night Albatross right contract out of here. <laughs> you, you guys, you don't take any stake in that, right? It's, it's still not, how, how much longer, how much, how much more does Howard have to struggle before there is a legitimate question about the two, seasons. Situation? two season
2: situation? Two-seasons? Two full uninter- uninterrupted seasons, yeah. I suppose if he had, if remember he had, uh, just in terms of good or bad, running down his, his uh, four-year run so far was good, bad, good, and good, which is a hell of a lot better than m- most guys can say. So if, you know, that that, that second season was not great, and then, uh, you know, kind of late in making the playoffs, but he's given himself more than the benefit of the doubt. I think to where, if you just open your eyes a little wider to uh, a palette of games larger than what his 20-game sample, than you you, you got to have you got to allow for a, a lot more atrociousness to happen before you seriously consider anything. He can be mad about it, sure. I think it's disappointing. He's he said himself to this point that he hasn't played particularly well. But Gustafson has a what, four-year track record of being a legitimately atrocious goalie. So, And I know it's not just a Howard or Gustafson conversation. It's a, you know, how long would you give Howard you know how long would you allow that leash to go in theory which i kind of feel kind of safely between the four of us that that's that itself as a question sounds kind of stupid because i think we're a little bright enough to know hey it's it's december i think he's he's earned a, he's earned a little bit of the slack the, the other thing too it's not just his play it's it's uh the way the team's played in front of him which is a real point of concern or just a, an odd coincidence, but that in itself is uh definitely lent uh well not exactly going in Howard's favor in that direction.
3: I call it a point of concern, and i want to uh to expand on one point that you made back there that, that you didn't um you just kind of glossed over there the everybody is stupid, but us that so you you snuck in there uh, i agree just wanted, wanted to expound upon that. <laughs> I just wanted to point out that yes, that's, that's our blog motto. <laughs> Not ever, it's,
2: it's a, and I've never, I, you know, I, as far as the whole goalie conversation goes, I would never want to paint so wide of brushes to think that it's like an actual thing that, that, you know, it should be the forefront of what we're talking about. Uh, you know, it's it's a, it's a somewhat loud minority of people that are, you know, kind of in the anti Howard camp. And I think it's a pretty small minority. Actually, you know, they're just they're just fun to look at and point at. When it becomes the majority, yeah, then sit. then I'm gonna go, you know, just stay in my house and lock the doors.
3: It's a, a constant, you know, battle of uh, against the, the straw man on on both sides. The you know the all is good, nothing is wrong, nothing to see here. Uh, versus the trade Howard, he's garbage. We you know made a huge mistake. Very few people are are really saying that, but if we if we fight against the fringes, we we know where we are in the middle there, and I think that that's – I mean, you're right. The, the team plays differently in front of Howard. There's no excuse for that, but uh, Howard's got to make stops. Um, the thing that people keep getting hopeful with with Gustafson, and I'll, I'll admit to this myself, is that he was garbage in Toronto um, because of what Allaire did. Uh, Allaire wanted him to be a butterfly goaltender no matter what, and he made him – play outside of his comfort zone to try to turn him into that. And since he's come to Detroit, Bedard has been working uh, with, uh, you know, play to your strength. This is, you know, go out and challenge goaltenders and be kind of like uh, be kind of like Dominic Hasek and scare the hell out of everybody. Um, and he's, you know, flourishing in that. So I think he's always going to terrify me. He's going to need way more games than, than he's played so far, especially since last year he wasn't good either. He was constantly hurt. So, but, I mean, there's always just that hope that, you know, the grass is always greener on the other side. And it's just – it's it's terrifying there that – but I, I just don't see how you can make that. And there's people – they're constantly asking, well, how long until until we can, you know, throw this guy into the bus? And my answer is always, I'll let you know when I get there.
0: Yeah,
2: the other – it just is somewhat of a uh, – a uh, – Numerical picture for what I was talking, what you were just talking about. Howard, the team averages 2.3 goals a game with him in net, and then almost a full goal better with Gustafson in net so far. Wings average 3.2 goals a game in Gustafson's 11 starts, which would be good for what second in the league, only behind Chicago. If that were to play out over. You know the full stretch of 30, 31 games, or whatever the average of what everybody's played. So he's he has he has done a good job stopping pucks. You know you can't you know totally just uh, come up with a 930 save percentage on accident. A lot of that's I'm I'm just gonna flat out say is luck, and it's it's gonna regress sooner or later. I mean to me it just feels like a a, a bomb waiting to explode. <laughs> um, but still, yeah, it's it's noticeable. The difference, the way they played in front of him, as opposed to Howard.
4: Look at that Philly game. Was I mean, everybody? That was the game that, for me, just broke me because of how many people were ripping him. And it's like, I mean, look at the goals. Really, there were two of them were screens. One was a guy left literally completely alone. The, the Couturier goal, you know, for a um, you know backside. Just all you had to do was tap it in, and it was in. Uh, Hartnell's goal was a just a rocket shot. That's a good shot. There's you know what are you going to do? You'd like how, to see Howard uh, maybe challenge a little bit, but I think he got kind of caught. It was on a was not a power play goal for them. Yeah. Anyway. So.
3: Yeah,
4: you know maybe the second goal he kind of overplayed it. You know just committed a little early, but I think JJ probably made the point that if he doesn't, then they just slips it through his legs and he looks bad there. So. But again, it's a guy left completely alone in front the The defense has to help him out a little bit. Um, I look at it as i'm just I'm extremely thankful that Gustafsson is playing well i am I'm like Tyler, I am waiting for it to stop, and then hopefully at that point, Howard will go, all right, I am good." and then he'll just start to get better than what he's been and nothing will change it'll just the the roles will go back to the way they're supposed to but i don't know i it's i the the problem is you get the people who defend him and you know and just won't admit that he's struggling he is struggling he's not playing well
2: but he has I said think, that he is struggling
4: yeah, it's a, but i think it's a symptom of the team as a whole i mean this it's it's inconsistent and it's inconsistent from him too, because he's had a couple of games very very recently where he's looked he's looked fantastic but
3: yeah but before the Philly game he recorded a shutout
4: yeah i don't know
1: it was against the Islanders, i don't know so.
4: it's just it's just you know people get their their targets and it's easy to blame them rather than actually look at. What's going on You know It's easy to pick at the same Two or three guys And say Oh you know He sucks And oh I can't believe That we lost the game And you know Kyle Quincy sucks But hey He was plus four in this game And you know You know Stuff like that Like the Hartnell goal Everybody was ripping Quincy For losing his man And I thought Hartnell is up In the high slot Quincy is a defenseman On the penalty kill I don't want him chasing out that high up because guess what? If Quincy chases Hartnell and Hartnell gets the puck to the guy that's now alone all, of, all alone in front of the net, guess who what we're going to say? Why did Quincy leave the front of the net? Like, I almost felt bad for him after that goal. I want to give him a hug and just like, it's okay. That <laughs> that one was not your fault. I, there's nothing you could have done there. I'm sorry. But, I don't know, Quincy, Howard, yeah. Beth, um, Cleary, I mean, Cleary hasn't played well, but he doesn't play enough anymore. I mean, I don't think it's. I uh, it's just easy to hate on those few specific guys and not look at, um, you know, not look at players that are struggling and but that we like because we don't want to admit it.
5: Well, that's the thing. I think
3: it, it, in the the rewatch of the Philly game um, because I understood that by the time they got there at the the point against Howard was just make a fucking save, I don't care what it takes. And then looking at it, um, there was actually three goals that were screened. The the very first one, which nobody blamed Howard on, he'd you'd give a guy a shot from between the the hash marks on a power play and, and he's gonna score, but still, Shen was standing in front. The Reed one people were mad about because he bit very early and then uh, Reed walked him. Um then shit, I don't even remember him in order. Uh, so the next one was Giroux from the top of the circle in the power play. Uh, there was a was Wayne screened. Simmons screen in front.
4: Do yeah. what? Yeah, that was a screen. The sec-
3: yeah, that was a screen by, by Wayne Simmons in front and by Brian Lashoff out in front or uh, out at the top of the circle. Mm-hmm. And then the Hartnell goal was another screen by Simmons as well. And also, you know, you mentioned that people were mad at Quincy because he, I mean, they just get mad at the, the nearest guy really, um, Hartnell should have never gotten that pass, and that was Lashoff chased up, and Quincy really—I mean, he did have to abandon at the last second uh, the coverage of the net front, and there were—I mean, it was basically nobody around the crease for the Red Wings because of that. And that's—I mean, it's not all on on Lashoff there. Quincy obviously, if he's going to step up, he does need to block that pass. But it's not until you rewatch the the goal that it, that, that 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 is obvious. So. Um, and I got into it earlier when I was fighting with that guy about uh, Brendan Smith, because he had there was that coverage, he had jumped up in the zone, and then it was that Senator 6-1 to one blowout, I don't remember that um, and then Spezza came back and he shot it off the end boards and then got his own rebound, and apparently Ray Ferraro on TSN looked at the replay and, and found fault with Brendan Smith, and I was like, well, got walked there mm-hmm. <laughs> so I mean, yeah, we can be mad at the guy that's easier to be mad at, but honestly, if you look at, at everything, it was the, I mean, the second Panthers goal last night was Todd Bertuzzi blew the coverage at the top of the zone, and then Kyle Quincy and Corey Emerton got, got made to look pretty fucking stupid on uh, on the doorstep because of it, because they had to adjust to the forward losing the the defenseman jumping up. And it's that's that's just the way the goals go sometimes. And if you don't relook at them, you can, make some wrong conclusions. But obviously, I don't want everybody to relook every goal because that's, that's,
0: that's, that's your job.
3: Stupid. <laughs> yeah, that's my job. Let me do it and just listen to everything I say. <laughs> so we, we, we've we hammered home
1: the, uh, the negative here pretty much, the goals again. I don't know if we we'll want to call it negative, but obviously, uh, whatever. I have no transition here, so I'm just going to throw this out there. We should talk about Tatar and Nyquist because we've finally gotten to see them play significant minutes, and as far as I'm concerned, I've liked what I've seen.
4: I love Tatar. Oh, I love him. I, I mean, sometimes it looks like his his brain doesn't catch up with his feet and his hands. Like he thinks he thinks about what he wants to do, but it's just it's too late. Like his his hands have already like, No, we're not doing that. So but I think that will that will come with experience as he um fully adjusts to the speed of the NHL game versus the AHL, but I mean I just I like watching Tatar because he's he's exciting to watch, first of all. And just like when he no matter what he does, he looks genuinely excited to be in the NHL. Probably because of how long it took him to get there. He's like, yeah, I'm gonna savor this, but he's just, he's, I'm, I, I am, I'm very much looking forward to the rest of his career.
2: To me, it looks like he has Brendan Smith's confidence with the actual, albeit short, pedigree so far to actually back it up. That's been my favorite part so far, all 13 games or whatever he's played.
4: I, I like. I mean, my, my favorite part of it is that I know people have been saying well, he needs to go up to the second line. Needs to go up. I mean, He has made that third line a legitimate scoring line. I, I at this point, I say keep him where he is because that line is now a, an offensive line. There's that's the depth scoring that they've been waiting for this whole time. That Anderson Miller Tatar line. I love it. I, every time they're on the ice, I'm happy.
2: And he doesn't have to kill himself playing you know, big defensive minutes or assignments, you can no, he's got just, two just guys that are, you know,
5: yeah,
4: go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I mean, he's got two guys on his line that are defensively responsible. So he can take some of the risks that uh, I think is going to make him a more effective player and not have to worry about those uh, assignments quite yet. So, it, but he can learn, you know, so that's just, that's a good line. I like
1: that line. If you think about it, when everyone's healthy, that Anderson-Tatar-Miller line, in theory, just could be your de facto fourth line. And if you're still getting that scoring, and that type of play from that fourth line, you're gonna take it all day long.
4: It would give them the opportunity to actually roll four lines and keep ice time a little bit more equal across the board, and not have to lean on, you know, Datsuk and Zetterberg and, and those types of guys every single night so much because. I think that's what happened at the beginning of the year, um, especially with Zetterberg, because he's had the back problems in the past. Those aren't going to go away. He said it in an interview, you know, that he's always going to have them, and he's, they're always kind of there. So if you can get a fourth line like that, and they can do the types of things, they're the, they're the perfect fourth line. They can play against just about anybody and be effective defensively, and they're going to chip in offense. I mean, you know, And they can play 12, 13 minutes a night and and do a lot in that time. And you can still throw Tatar on the power play, you know, and give him that time there so that he can, you know, those offensive situations. So I think it's a perfect spot. I mean, it's funny that we're thinking about this with everybody being healthy because that's a pipe dream. It's not going to happen this year. I just don't see it. But, no, it's good. Good with Tatar and Nyquist. I mean, Nyquist's what was it? How long was it into that first game that he scored? 17 seconds, 17 seconds or something like that. Like, I just I thought to myself in that moment, I thought, Jesus, I mean, there are we're just we might as well just make him a god at this point. We've waited okay. so long for this, and he scores 17 seconds in. And I there was a part of me that just wished. That he skated over to the bench and gave the biggest fucking (laughs) smile to Babcock as he did it. Just, I was praying for it. Nyquist doesn't seem like the type Tatar would. Tatar would probably flip him off and, like, take his stick out and, like, waggle it at him. But Nyquist, he didn't seem like the type at all. I wanted it to happen.
2: Nyquist hasn't scored in four games, though. Are you worried?
4: Oh, well, we can't send him down. So, I mean, he'll look good in a. In a Panther uniform, when they pick him up on waivers, <laughs> when they try to send him down.
3: <laughs> yeah, but he's playing top line competition.
4: Yes, I'm. Nyquist has been everything I would expect him to be. He's I mean, he's chipping an offense. He's I've noticed that he's having a, he has a little bit of trouble with uh, physical play when he gets up against the big defensemen and everything. Just because of his size, he can still get bodied off the puck pretty easily. That's just going to come with time as he learns how to, kind of how to get around that. But I mean, I think it's pretty obvious at this point he's up. I mean, that's it. He's he's staying.
2: Him being yeah, good
3: is an amazing backpicker. Yeah, him, him being oh, good yeah. has
2: created just the most annoying like chicken or egg type argument of whether you know does he look this good because he was in Grand Rapids forever or did they just wait entirely too, too long? Mm,
4: Ken, Holland says it was the, Ken Holland says it was the former.
2: Yeah.
1: No, I think, I think he looks this good if he's on the team all year, last year, like I, maybe two years ago, if he's on this team, he wouldn't look like this, but last year I think he was ready. Yeah. I think he was
4: ready. Yeah. yeah I certainly after the playoffs, um, I don't know. I mean it was it was refreshing to see Holland kind of I mean subtly admit to some mistakes this off season um when they were talking about bringing him up. I think that I think they have finally realized that uh you know Cleary is was not a good move. It wasn't a good idea to bring him back no matter how many people wanted him GM coach players fans ushers Dick Boy, you know, everybody wanted him back, and I guess everybody kind of only remembered the playoffs and forgot the forty games before that when he when he was the hot garbage.
3: Yeah, and I think do you think that would have bothered signing him in the first place if Nyquist had been uh, waiver eligible to start the season? Because honestly, obviously, obviously they they would have kept him, or do you think just they would have traded to Dar?
4: I don't know. I mean, I, for as much as the as the Wings overdevelop their prospects, they they don't trade them unless they know something. You know, I mean, look at every prospect that they've traded away. Really, Fleischman probably of the recent ones has turned out the best. But that was, I mean, that was more of a that was a trade to really pick up at the time one of the best players in the game. You know, they kind of had to do it there, but yeah. you look at some of the guys that they've let go, they've turned into nothing. So, I think that we need to give them a little credit in understanding what they have and not uh you know, not giving up on guys that are going to be legit NHLers and letting the ones who never have a shot go.
3: You know, don't think Chris Newberry ever amounted to anything? <laughs> <A> Deuce bay. <laughs> remember when they traded Jason Williams? <laughs> no, of course not. <laughs>
4: <laughs> or uh, or they let uh, Riddle go on waivers? Exposed him on waivers.
3: Oh yeah, I remember being mad about that.
4: And I mean. You know, he we went to Tampa, and everyone's like, oh, Stevie knows him. Oh, he's going to be awesome in Tampa because he gets to play in Tampa. He's going to be great in Tampa. It <laughs> was all the <laughs> booing, obviously. But even right. Mursack, I mean, as much as it killed me to see them lose Mursack, again, he's not doing anything. I mean, it's not like teams are breaking down his door to sign him and or or to pick him up.
3: Yeah, he's like the number two. um right. Score on the like one of the worst KHL teams.
4: I, mean, I wish him well. I liked him, but I mean, I was it's legit just... surprised that Eves didn't get picked up. I thought for sure oh, somebody yeah. would. I thought for sure somebody would take a shot on him. I mean, too much money. You know, yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, if he had been waived later on, I think they could have. they I think he would have been picked up for a team making a, a run. You know, towards the uh, towards the end of the year, but. Well, you never know. He could still be. Uh, I mean, the organization could still trade him in a minor league deal. At this point, you know, maybe yeah, give him a excellent. shot somewhere. You know, you flip him You know, you flip him for for uh, you know some other minor leaguer that can maybe help the Griffins. If you want to give, you know, if an NHL team was going to then bring him up, I don't know how the rules work with that.
3: Yeah, I don't even know what the Griffins need right now. They're Dominant in the AHL right now.
4: Yeah, I don't think they need a whole lot at this point. They, they seem like they're pretty good. Imagine if they yeah, sent um, Nyquist back. Yes, just over
3: forty-three. And the the chat says the Griffins don't need anything. I agree. Yeah, I would agree with that. No, Tatar last night actually. Uh, he made me it, it like uh, I, I like to come gatsu giggles. Like, he does a play that's like, "Come the fuck on, really." But in a good way, not like a Kyle Quincy kind of way. And he he made me do that last night, and, I, and like it was a, they were running around the zone pretty well, and he was just hammering people. And was somebody like flipped a pass three feet in the air to him, and he knocked it down right inside of the net, and and got a shot off. I was like, you, she shouldn't be able to do that. And so it, was, it really has me even more hopeful. Like I thought that he was going to be Yuri Hitler 2.0, and he might actually be better than that. And gotta hope so. Because I like Peter I had, Ribler, uh, I I had a
4: Blackhawk.
3: A... Good.
4: Oh, I was going to say, I had a, I had a Black Hawk fan friend say that of all the young Red Wings that he's seen, Tatar scares him the most. Now, this guy's like, this guy's like a legit hockey fan. He's been following hockey a really long time, and he says, um, he goes to a lot of the Wolves games. So he has seen Tatar play because the Wolves and the Griffins are in the same division. So he's seen Tatar play for you know a couple of years now, and he says Tatar is he is the real deal. He's like when he gets up to Detroit, he's going to scare me. And then when they moved, he said, "Now yeah." So even certain individuals uh, outside of Detroit fans kind of recognize how good he is.
3: Well, we've got the good feelings going uh, on defense. I know that there's a lot to complain about, um, but with Danny DeKaiser out of the lineup, we, I mean, we know he's going to be back when he comes back. But he is definitely a top-four guy. So in our top-four, we will have three very definite top-four guys in Erickson, Cronwall, and DeKaiser. Uh That number-four spot, if Brendan Smith keeps playing as well as he can, or as well as he has, I think that he might really benefit from having uh Dick Kaiser back stopping him. Um, and Brian Lashoff Brian Lashaw has started the last few games, but he's he's kept it together better and for longer than he did last season. And I think that he's a much more solid defender than than I kind of gave him credit for. Um Kendall has gone a little bit quiet, but Obviously, uh, Helene St. James posted this week about how the Red Wings should trade Kyle Quincy, and I think that with, with the way that they've been playing, that they absolutely could. Um, and then with their seventh defensemen will just be a, whatever they need to pull out of Grand Rapids, whether it be Ouellette uh, or, or Sproul or, or Almquist, and get them in a few games, provided that everybody stays healthy and, Honestly, with the the Red Wings' younger defensive core, that shouldn't be as much of a problem as as their forwards staying healthy. And I know that 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 just raises the hackles in, in Red Wings fans everywhere when I say old Eagles getting injured more often. But let's be honest here; it's kind of true.
4: Yeah, I mean, depending on so, the injuries, but the injuries they're having now those are those are older injuries. They're not like I fell on the ice and broke my wrist. They're like. I moved and my back hurts
3: now. Yeah, the scary. Guy. <laughs> yeah, I slept wrong. Bye. Um, yeah. Uh, Perducci in the the comments brought this up, and I've been I've been tooting this horn for a little while. I think it would be really cool if we uh, if we were just to get Dmitry Kulikov from Florida for Kyle Quincy, because you'd save 1.25 million dollars in cap space by doing that, which would be enough to bring DeKaiser back from the long term injured reserve. And you'd actually still have seven defensemen, and you could make Lashoff or, or and and or Kindle, and or Smith, and or really anybody um, be that that healthy scratch, provided you've got the all seven defensemen healthy at any given point. And I think they should do that. Yeah, but realistically, Florida, would Florida going to do that straight up for Quincy. Well, the thing about Koolish is that they're talking about how there's a very real concern because he's going to be. Uh, an RFA at the end of the year. Uh, there's very real concern that he is just going to straight bolt for the KHL. He's just not happy here, and he's not not thrilled with being a scratch. And he's you know got the the press obviously doesn't like Russians in the first place. So I don't think that he's his. It, it's going to be up to Dale Talon really to to judge what kind of value he has. But I mean, you throw in that that nice morsel, Quincy in the third, make it happen.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I I don't I don't know anything about Kulinkov really, but well, I mean he's cool. <laughs> I I found that Helene's article the, the use of the word mediocre to describe an, an a, a current Red Wing player blew me away <laughs> <laughs> because and I mean it's, let's be honest mediocre is not the worst thing that Quincy has been called by somebody on the internet in the last week. Detroit media, finally yeah.
2: biting back. She's <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> probably going to lose her
1: credential. Yeah.
4: <laughs> but, I mean, I was just, like, I just, I read it and went, holy fuck, that is some honest reporting. I wonder if she ran that by her editors. And, but, <laughs> I mean, he, she was absolutely right. Now is the time to trade Kyle Quincy, or at least when Kaiser's getting closer to being back. I don't I
3: I, think... I'm wondering if she ran it by Ken Holland.
4: Yeah. Hey, Maybe Maybe that's it. Maybe they're like, hey, <laughs> do play him. We, we just got to <laughs> get rid of this guy. Because let's face it, when, they're going to have to do something. I mean, when Datsuk comes back...
1: Um, well, that Sunderbur- goes. When Datsuk comes Well, back.
4: yeah, but I mean... Yeah, but once you get Datsuk back and DeKaiser back... Federberg wasn't put on IR, was he?
1: No, none of them were. No, DeKaiser's the only one. We're on, fine till DeKaiser.
4: Right oh, okay, good. Okay, never mind that. Well, I mean, Helm will be eventually because he's Helm. Right. But <laughs> he's the he's think, the old he's the uh, youngest old man on the team apparently. Which is a shame because he was playing so well.
2: And the mustache isn't doing him many favors either. But do you think oh. the, with the St. James thing, like, is that? This is, like, imminent now, right? That stuff just never happens. It never comes out of... No- I remember, okay, when it happened yesterday or the day before, when that came out, what was hilarious was everybody's reaction, you know, what we were just having right now, like, holy shit. Yeah. They, they, they said that You know, the first thing I saw was the the whim Twitters, you know, mentioning that. And I ducked out of work, you know, whatever I was doing to, like, look more into it. Like, what, what's going on? Is there a beat writer backlash or something, you know? an uprising. It's, it's coming. Somebody's called mediocre. I, I couldn't believe he wasn't traded by the end of the day.
3: Yeah. That's the I weird thing know. is I don't know what's happening with the Detroit media right now. Um, cause obviously for those unfamiliar, we call them the diggers, uh, because it, that's right. Right, from the able to glossary because they, they don't Dory every time. And uh, it's, it's pretty obvious that they, that they, they take whatever their marching orders are from directly from the organization. And lots of teams press do that. Um, We've seen Edmonton uh, get accused of, and I I personally believe it um, essentially telling their own press to uh, crucify a guy in order to to bring him in line because it's easier for the press to do that. So I'm not sure whether or not, you know, where the Detroit press stands right now, because for a long time it was, they would sell whatever Ken Holland wanted them to say. And, so if one is going to say, Comquins, he's mediocre, he should get traded, uh, the question is, is that something that Ken Holland wanted to get out there, or is that just one of the Detroit diggers finally, you know, getting a pair and and actually having an opinion of their own for a change?
4: Yeah, because it was interesting to me because it was, it was Helene. It wasn't a columnist. I mean, Helene does offer some opinion, but typically she's reporting. She's not you know, she's not writing like what we write, where we're like, where we say Kyle Quincy is, you know, dog shit, or or analyzing whether he's dog shit. Um, I mean, look at what happened last year with the, with Silpula when they when the the leak came out about how much money he was looking for. He was looking for the five million a year or something before. Was that was that during the playoffs? I think it, that came out.
3: No, it came out earlier in the season.
4: Yeah, or we were
2: we were talking about for a long run up to the playoffs. Like, okay, yeah, he's not. He's not oh yeah, away. that's right,
4: that's right, that's right. But I mean, it was the same thing. It was like it was such a weird, such a weird occurrence to happen. But I don't know. I I think that, uh, I mean, DeKaiser's going to be back potentially January. I think early he'll, January is his target. He's going
1: to play in the Winter Classic. So he'll be back.
4: Classic. Early January, because that's January first, which qualifies as early I, January.
1: I, I wasn't disagreeing with you. I
4: was just <laughs> so you just needed to <laughs> elaborate. Yeah, you know, like I haven't spoken in a while. Time. I got to.
1: carry the conversation. I am just want to go. I'm being stepping back. But
4: I mean, you know, it's not gonna it's not gonna happen overnight. I mean, Holland, look, Kyle Quincy is a defenseman on a team that's missing a defenseman, and they're talking about trading him. So I think that is probably pretty ominous as to what the organization thinks of of Kyle Quincy and, therefore, what his value is going to be. Because other general managers will be like, oh, man, you mean that guy that's playing all those good minutes on Detroit isn't doing any good? I want him now. He'll probably do much better on our team. So... I'm sure this is the uh kind of the first step. Eh, not to mention he's a UFA. Maybe they're setting the stage for uh uh you know, not bringing him back if they are unable to trade him later.
3: Yeah, that could be because I thought that, that really um the the whole press's attitude kind of turned on, on Philpola to kind of get the fans ready for him to leave. And so that by the time that, that the off season came and Philpla started looking for other options, people wouldn't wouldn't be mad at the organization. They'd be mad at Philpla for you know demanding so much. That was the the overall feel that I got. And the fans were eating that shit up when they were talking about, oh, Philpula's the guy who's never really you know broken out. And he really wants you know too much money, and people were just, oh yeah, fuck Philpula. Guys off.
4: By the way, we're signing Stephen Weiss. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. yeah, Yeah. I mean, Quincy is just – I think he's got some, some value, obviously, as I, as I wrote an entire post about it, is if they they find the right piece, that they, he really could be a, a breakout hour play quarterback for a team in need. I think Dallas could really use him, but it depends on whether or not they're going to spend that because I don't think Dallas is in position to – uh, buy Kyle Quincy right now, they're essentially at the bottom of a very tough conference or very tough division, and you know there's there's no point in really selling anything right now to to buy that big of a gamble. I mean, let's face it. I I don't hate Kyle Quincy. I'm I'm essentially out of patience with him. He's, Kyle Quincy reminds me like if Kyle Quincy were an insurance company, he'd be a pretty bad one. I'd like they fuck you over under rates. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Uh, and the podcast. Are you to
3: Jeff?
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm here. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Amazing.
2: Nobody knows why that's funny.
0: That's okay.
3: Uh, <laughs> so we're going to have to go into it. <laughs> uh, you want to talk about it, Jeff? No. All right. They had to go to transition over to to Weiss recently, so that's another one of the guys that people are asking like permission. Like, can I start to hate him now? What
2: do you think? I remember when we we talked about that the last time that we spoke, and I remember us talking about how long do we wait until we're legitimately mad uh, or or you know feels acceptable to uh, voice extreme concern. I thought I remember 50 games being the number. I feel like we should cut that short. Yeah,
4: I'm I'm kind of there uh, now. I'm I'm at the concerned stage. I, JJ and I were actually talk, talking about this last night a little bit. One of two things has to happen. He either needs to get better in terms of his play, or he needs to get better because he's hurt. Because, I mean, he missed time. I mean, he obviously was. You know actually injured, and I don't know if that's still hampering him to the point where he shouldn't be playing or if he's just you know he's just not back at full speed yet, but it's i mean i'm I'm in the concern phase with the caveat that if they're going to trot him out there with Samson and Cleary then really, why did you sign him? I mean, you know, just scratch him at that point because he's going to be just as effective. I almost wonder if they just haven't quite truly figured out what his role is going to be now that Helm is apparently an offensive dynamo.
2: It, it feels like forever ago that we that the last time we were all on a, doing a podcast together. He at that point, he I think he, he had his second goal, and he literally hasn't scored since. He hasn't scored a goal in two months. I, I feel like it's that's that's it's been too bad for it to just be rust or him not finding a groove, which is kind of weird to think about because if he was doing a little bit better but still shitty, I'd be like, oh god, what do we have here? Now right now he's he seems so terrible. Relative to expectation, at least, although was, you know, four points is pretty terrible anyway. It's been it that there has to be some injury concern there.
0: Uh.
2: But it's so much easier just to blame that.
3: I have, and to it makes me yeah. feel better because I I just can't believe that he's, he's just this bad. I mean, he's not. He does look a, a step so I didn't watch a lot of Stephen Weiss before he came to the Red Wings, but uh, I remember earlier in the season, he looked fast. He looked like he had a, a really good first couple of steps, and he could get up to speed quickly. And now he does not. I mean, he looks like Johan Franz on downers. So,
2: <laughs> so and he,
3: he's, he's pretty much. And he's just not in position, and he's not winning board battles, and he's always... He seems like he's also a half step late starting up, so I think that he is still kind of adjusting to the system, which I don't think is is an acceptable excuse at this point. I mean, he's got to get that figured out, but I, I just have to believe that, that there's an injury slowing him down because he's just there's no reason that he would have just fallen off off the face of, of the planet as far as you know the system being what made Stephen Weiss because the system in Florida was never good.
4: Yeah, I, I think uh, I think consistent line mates will help him because they're, they're like you say he, he should be past the overall adjustment to the system, but adjusting to new players. I thought the same thing with Quincy when he first came to Detroit and he was struggling that very first you know month or two or however long he was here, but it was because he was he had a different defense partner every night. So it's like how do you adjust to a brand new team? and new players and then every couple of games it's like, Oh, by the way, you're playing with these players now who you've never played with. So I'm hoping that once players start to get healthy and they figure out a spot for him, that they will that he will kind of get into a routine and get into a groove and and be healthy. But right now, I mean, I don't think there's anything you can say about his signing other than it's he's been a disappointment so far even with noting, oh, yeah, he he missed some time with injury.
1: He'll be all
3: right. At this point, I just want to see him, every time he touches the puck, just fucking shoot it. I don't think he's had a shot on goal in the last two games. I don't care if it's the worst decision. Just throw it at the goaltender's feet see what happens.
0: His but, I mean, game. If you're going to
3: be slow and tentative and you're not going to know where your teammates are, then at least be angry. Don't just get, lose the tentative part and keep the, all the rest of it. Um, and just go and take angry penalties, not the oops, I'm falling down, I'm going to hook this guy penalty, and uh, run into people more and just shoot the puck more and just be just an advocator until you could be Stephen Weiss again.
1: I don't know. I, put him on, I would put him on Datsuk's wing when Datsuk returns. See how that works out. Except he's played center his whole life. I know. But take the pressure off center. Move him to wing. Let him try. So he
4: it. really would be Val Filippa's replacement. He's
1: shit <laughs> in the center. And we need to put him on a wing
4: or on the wing of our great center so that he'll be any good.
1: Just I don't care. At that point. He, so he's Canadian. So better than That's what he's exactly doing what now. He is. He's a good old <laughs> Canadian <laughs> boy.
3: I always flipped on the tap anyway. I, I mean, they started. So. Uh, 20 points. He's still playing well. That's, that's good. How many games? Fuck that guy. 29. 26? Oh. He is so a minus he's, one. he's
1: basically he's Johan Franz. 20 points in 26 games.
2: His, shoot, his uh, shooting percentage was yeah. off the charts last time I saw. Uh,
3: it's down to 21 now. Oh, okay. Down, Down. <laughs> It's back on the You should like 50% to the, to the first 10 games Of the season Look what yeah. the answer that's Then was Of course That's sustainable you know, no, That's sustainable
4: oh. So uh, Jeff uh, What's the mood Around Boston today?
1: Oh Sunshine and butterflies the, the, the Bruins Beat the Leafs Didn't you watch tonight?
4: No I'm not a fan There's By no. either of those teams
1: you know the Leafs fan?
4: No, no, I gave them up.
1: Oh, I thought you were from Canada. The Hawks
4: fan now. Jesus, get it right. Uh,
1: yeah. Sorry. <laughs> what? Uh, what's the? Uh,
4: what's the prevailing thought about uh, last night's activities?
1: Um, amongst the hockey
2: intellectuals,
1: uh, those that well. Uh, the people we know at Stanley Cup of Chowder and Days of Yore, they all think Thornton was clearly wrong and should be punished for what he did and he was out of line. Um, The fanboy pink hats, as they call them here, your bandwagon fans, are just like he had it coming to him. I stand by what Thornton did. You know, the dipshits. The barstool crowd.
4: Yeah, that was that was pretty awesome last night. It was hard to tear away from that with the uh Penn's blog guys and Barstow. Like, well if there are two groups of people that are just going to not let this go forever, it's those two. But no, I mean I kinda I, I I'm of the opinion that if you thought that anything that took place and I lumped James Neal in with that because oh, that that was disgusting.
1: You it was, and too.
4: I will give Thornton the the benefit of saying at least he apologized. And from everybody that I saw, said it seemed it seemed genuine, like he clearly blew it and should be punished for a long time for taking a guy down to the ice who is not in any way a willing combatant, and then punching him twice while he's prone on the ice. He should get. A very very long suspension for that, but Neil was like, "Oh, what am I supposed to do? I guess I should avoid him." Like, are you fucking kidding me? Are you that giant of a douchebag that you don't even understand what you did? At least Thornton understood the ramifications of like, "Holy shit, I really fucked up." I mean, I lost it, and but I feel bad about it because that was a terrible mm-hmm. thing for me to do. And Neil's like, eh, "Whatever." I guess my my bad. Like that's I, I almost wanted him to just be like my bad, and you know walk away. <laughs> even
3: uh, even Bilesma said that he didn't think Neil tried very yeah. hard to avoid him. Yeah. So oh, coach.
5: That's what oh. infuriates
3: me. It's like I understand what Sean Thornton did was worse than what James Neal did. Uh, they're both absolutely outside of the scope of hockey, but James Neal was kind of a reckless douchebaggery and Sean Thornton was flat out assault. So it was, I pretty think that, like that, that. Yeah. That, that Thornton was worse off, but I think in the responses to both of them, I almost want James Neal to get exactly what Sean Thornton gets because James Neal fucking lied about what he did. Well, I wasn't trying to hit him. Bullshit. You were there. Was zero excuse for him to have angled a leg like he did. And he knew what he was doing. And that's, that's just so insanely dirty rat horse shit. And it's...
4: There's a video of him actually kind of like peeking back to see where the ref was before he did it. <laughs> like, I mean, it was just it was so obvious what he was trying to do, that he saw Marshawn on the ground, and he thought, I'm going to get away with a sneaky little hit on him, and I'm going to knee him in the head. And nobody likes Marshawn except Boston fans. And people are still making a huge deal about how dirty it was, as they should, because it was disgusting. There was both incidents involved an intent to injure the person that they were going after. At the end of the day, that's exactly what happened. The difference was, Marsh, neels was, I don't want to call it a hockey play, but it was in the context of the game, whereas Thornton's was, the was going gone, on. Guys are standing around talking to the referees, and like Thornton's like, "Fuck you know, we're fighting right now." And he didn't even. It's not even like he turned around, turned Orpic around. And again, it's Orpic. Like, I mean, oh, are we really shedding tears from Bruce Yeah, he, he just he took him down and punched him. He didn't, you know, tap him or say, "Hey, let's go" or anything like that. He didn't even, you know. Well, he, he had in, he had it, tried oh, to go with Orpic earlier in the game. Right,
1: Orpik said, and Orpic no.
4: didn't want to go. And look, I mean I understand what I understand what Thornton was trying to do, although this this notion that every single body check in the NHL has to be answered for is just
0: See, bullshit.
1: What really kills me is you'll watch a Bruins broadcast and when player X on the visiting team hits the No, no, <laughs> <laughs> Joe Colbert.
4: is the example. That's fine. No,
1: no. I, I don't care who it is. Johnny Boychuck lays out someone on the Maple Leafs. The Maple Leafs then go after Johnny Boychuck, and they, and Boychuk fights the Maple Leafs player. And you'll hear on the Bruins broadcast that, oh, well, that's stupid. You shouldn't have to answer the bell for a clean hit, blah, blah, blah. That's just hockey. It's a good hard play. Then Louie Erickson gets taken out on a, we would call a clean hit. It was shoulder- you know, there was uh, maybe a little contact with the head. It wasn't the principal point of contact. The puck was there. We'll call it a clean hit. Most people say it's a clean hit. Yet, in that broadcast, someone's got to go after Brooks Zorpik for that hit. But it was a clean hit. So that's what really kills me, that, that just frustrates the hell out of me watching these games. It's, it's like, it's, it's one thing if it's the Bruins. It's another thing if it's, if it's someone else. I understand you're selling a product to your home, fan base, your home fan base who clamors for fights and big hits, but you can't have it both ways. Right. Well, I mean, it's almost I, it's like not the that... code
3: isn't consistent. Yeah, I mean,
1: that's, and that's not that's not. Did you see Did you see Kotzenika's article where like Thornton was interviewed in ESPN the other, like
0: yeah. three days ago
1: or like Monday came yeah, out? Katsunika's, or, Katsunika's article was great. Yeah. How yeah. much he lives by that code and he. Sometimes you know he, he's not aggressive enough, or something like that. Or it he was just, just he said something he about completely uh, sometimes
3: sometimes too honorable.
1: Right? Yeah, he, he said, said something,
3: something
1: about uh, on the
4: ice. if he went. You know, if if uh, if you go around sucker punching people, it comes around. I think that's exactly what he said. Like it will come around to get you, or something like that. And it's like, are you serious? Like three three days later after giving this interview where you talk about this code and how honorable you are, and you're such a wonderful guy on the ice, and then you go and do that.
2: And it's like, wow. Maybe in a weird, twisted way, he was doing it on purpose to show the terrible karma that will be coming his way after this whole melee. Did you think of that?
3: Mm. Yeah. Andy Kaufman of goons. (laughs) (laughs)
1: I mean the, the the media here is – and and I lump in the media as the broadcast and the scribes and the bo- not a, I'll leave the bloggers out a little bit but it, it was they they were looking for reasons to not blame Thornton wherever you could tell everyone was was careful with their words because they know Sean Thornton Sean Thornton's a good person off the ice. He does a lot of work with charity. He's friendly with the media. The media all likes him. He's trying to position himself for a job with the media after his playing career, because quite frankly, it might not go on very much longer even before this incident. So it just seemed like everyone's looking for an excuse, like Orpic had it coming to him or the refs let it get out of control or, Hey, don't look at what Thornton did. Look at Neil. Neil's much worse. Forget about Thornton. Neil, Neil, Neil. And it was just like, no, the, what this guy did was fucking awful. He there was a, a, a little bit of a scrum talking to the refs after a whistle. He went up behind a guy, slew footed him, and then punched him twice in the head while he's down on the ice. That is basically assault. He should get ten games at least. I'd give him more. I, 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 there's no defending what he did whatsoever. I would
4: give him. I'd give him twenty five.
1: In a heartbeat. Yeah. Sure. I mean, because
4: was, because of ab, was because of how
1: intentional it was, that they sh- he
4: should get thirty games. So. So I'd be okay with thirty. I mean, anything if he gets less than ten, that's a joke.
2: Oh, there's no way he doesn't. I uh, I shouldn't have said that. I guess common but, sense was there's no, no way. I mean, when, when you're talking about something that, that bo- when you're when it makes you think outside the realm of hockey, like oh hey, within the confines of the law, that's kind of that's that's really bad. You would go to jail for that. Then, yeah, you're automatically thinking a double-digit
3: number. So it better yeah, be... Yeah, if somebody other than Ovechkin or Crosby makes the NHL make SportsCenter, you're fucked.
4: <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah. That's yeah, it's, that's one of
4: those things. I mean, you know, you saw, I saw a lot of tweets about it. It was like, if that happened in any other walk of life, that person would be arrested for assault. Like, if you were at a bar, is, uh... and you, you know, and you didn't like what somebody was saying, and you you know, dropped him to the ground and punched him twice in the head, the police would take you away in handcuffs. That's
1: right. how that works. And and I just, you know, having Bertuzzi on the Red Wings, you kind of have this perspective. You you can see, hey, Bertuzzi seems like a nice guy. He's a good person in the locker room. Seems like people in the media like him. But what he did on the ice was fucking awful, and he deserved everything he got, punishment for that. And it's like, who cares? You know, you have to be able to separate the person off the ice with the action that happened on the ice that didn't
3: even occur yeah, with,
1: with, in the context of the play.
3: I'm with Sean Thornton where I want, where I am with Todd Bertuzzi. I'm rooting for Sean Thornton to become Todd Bertuzzi and that he really, really showed remorse and he never did shit like that again. Mm-hmm. If that's what, what happens. Great. I'm, I'm happy for Sean Thornton, but yeah, in the meantime, he needs to, to take his medicine. The problem with all the the deflections and the the other shit that the the media have brought up in the wake of this is that uh, collectively they're not wrong, and that's that's what annoys me the most. Is that uh, if the ref had given Sean Thornton a ten minute misconduct when he first tried to fight Orpic, uh, just to get control of the game, maybe that shit doesn't happen. If obviously, Sean Thornton made the next decision to assault the guy, and that's not acceptable. Uh, the James Neal thing is a little bit of a a little bit of a move goalpost because. James Neal need Brad Marchand, so why the fuck did Thornton grab James Neal and beat the shit out of him? Right, Thornton wasn't so even. So I, I don't think that, that. that Yeah, so that's that's kind of a non-issue. Um, the Orpic hit, I mean, it he hit center center mass on a puck that was going to be there. It took a fluke bounce, so I don't I don't think that there was any kind of a danger there. And, and you're you, you right. could
1: you could call it an unnecessary hit but I would not call it a dirty hit.
3: Right, no, yeah, it was the, legal. The I don't context, think it was necessarily clean, but it, was it legal. wasn't something that... Yeah, I don't think it wasn't was something dirty that, hit. that called for retaliation.
4: Right, it wasn't we're, a we're dirty sure if hit. doesn't
3: want to fight for that, he doesn't fucking have to fight.
4: Right. That would be like, I mean, oh, honestly, that would be like Cronwell making that hit and then somebody coming over and trying to fight Cronwell who you know is not going to fight. Um, you know, it, it's the it's the exact same thing. Cronwall's thrown hits like that before. I think the the one thing I think the one thing I saw was that you know you could probably maybe have called it interference, but nowhere have I seen it suggested from anybody who I respect that the hit or pick on Erickson was was dirty. I've always seen it said as a, as a clean hit. He was—he had pretty much committed to the hit before that puck took that bounce and went away from him. So if that puck doesn't take that bounce, it lands on Erickson's stick, and Orpik does exactly what he's supposed to and separates the you
1: know
5: the, his
4: man from
1: the puck. The the intermission, the first intermission of the game the other night, they did everything in their power to show the Orpik on Erickson hit from every angle in slow motion and basically without it did everything but circle it in, in a, with a seat, with an arrow saying look 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 there's a tiny point of contact with the head. it was i i was rather disgusted at, at the coverage it it was just and and i know there was uh, yeah it 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 was not the best work covering that story properly
4: they're they're in the middle of it with the emotions and they're playing to their audience. Right,
1: and I know there's a touchy subject there when you own the product, or the product owns you and you're you know you you're trying to make the product look good and you're pro product, but at some point you have to say, Hey, this was wrong. They were wrong. Like yeah, you, you gotta call frame
0: it, it and-
4: you can frame it in a way that doesn't throw the guy under the bus. I mean, you know, you could call it a mistake or, you know, kind of use uh, less it, it,
0: it, harsh
1: it was, language. It was more of like, hey, he did this. That was wrong. But let's just talk about this instead for the entire 15 minutes. It's It's, it's not even the other thing.
4: It's, exa- it's victim-blaming. It's exactly what it is. So. Well, we'll see. We'll see what the fallout
3: is. Yeah. I agree in the comments that uh, the Orpik hit draws comparisons to Cromwell and Havlat. The puck just kind of wasn't there. So if anything, it was interference. But that's not something that that the, the, I think the code calls for. It's the the code calls for Louis Erickson to to be aware of the defender there.
4: Right. And well, obviously the difference too was Cronwell's thrown out of that game for that hit. So
3: yeah, that might have been a difference too.
4: But even there, I was actually at that game, and I mean, I don't recall anybody really going after Cronwall the way uh, Thornton went after Orpic Now, again, he was penalized on that play and, and immediately thrown out, so there was no way. But um, even in the next game, there was no retaliation against Cronwall, you know. Chicago won the game. That was the That was the retaliation. But it was also not a it wasn't a dirty hit, you know, it wasn't a hit from behind or, uh, you know, a leaping, one of Cronwall's leaping hits where he targeted the head. He just, he, on that one, he actually stayed down. So,
1: yeah. Anything, I think Lambert might have had the best comment I read the other night. He says, if anything, this helps the Bruins, because now they're going to address a real player for the next 10-plus games.
2: Church the Red Wings. <laughs> this is terrible. <laughs> to be. it already was terrible. No.
3: Such a weird storyline as far as the the Bruins being the reason that the Sabres turned into a donkey team full of stupid enforcers who are happy to lose a game as long as they win a fight. And now the Bruins are, are going to get away from that mindset because it just it doesn't work in the long run. It's just such a weird concept in the league. And I don't know if the Bruins ever will get away from it. I think that they really love having that, you know, Bruins toughness or, or whatever. But I think it'd be funny.
1: Also, one thing we haven't mentioned is the fact that Claude Julien did
3: continue to
1: put Sean Thornton out there against orpic multiple shifts throughout that period.
4: Right. I, th- I saw somebody mention that, too. I think I also but... even mentioned it in his game, and said, well, you know, Thornton, you know, Julian kept throwing uh, Thornton out there. It's a shame. I think they're done playing each other now this year, aren't they, in the regular season?
1: Yeah. That's, okay. a,
4: that's a shame.
1: Yeah, they only played three times, and they already did it all.
4: They're
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, 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 for a and, the
4: and the funny thing was, of course, Boston comes back and wins the game in dramatic fashion. We're not even talking about that. I mean, from from everything I heard, outside of, obviously, all the garbage, it was actually a really good game,
1: especially in the that third period. And yeah, we had to – I did the show Saturday night, and it was like the whole first segment we had to talk about the Thornton incident. And we didn't even get to really talk about the result or what even happened in the game till segment four of the show. And it was like, oh, wow, that was actually – It'll take out all the the circus bullshit. It was actually an entertaining hockey game.
4: Right, you know, like you know, it was there was a breakaway stop when Pittsburgh was up and then they tie it and then they win it late and it's you know, like yeah, that's that's why it's such a shame because that could have been the kind of game that could really showcase the NHL and instead it did, but just for all the wrong reasons. Mm-hmm.
3: It was garbage. What was the so temperature that, the that will make you feel better? What would you say? What
1: so you know did you that
3: say? That would make, uh, make you feel better. What's that? Text kids to 85944 and donate $5 to the children's hospital. Yeah. Maybe part of that money will go towards raising children not to be like Sean Thornton. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Don't
0: let don't let these kids grow up to be Sean Thornton.
4: <laughs> In
0: the arms of you. <laughs> and go,
1: go to uh, theproductionline.us and you can pledge. It's not too late to pledge towards.
3: Yeah, and if you've already pledged, you can pledge again. You can. Like I, uh, I recently did I did pledge a hundred dollars. If uh, if Quincy gets traded for Kukoc, I'm going to give a hundred dollars. If he gets traded at all, I'm going to get $50. Um, I actually had to pay out on a pledge I made. That if Tim Thomas beats us, uh,
1: $17.76 <laughs>
3: with an additional uh, $17.87 if it's shut out. Does that count so for we'll, uh, 2 we'll see. again? Yeah, it'll count again. So I would rather just hit on the $9 for every Stephen Weiss play against Florida. I'd like to pay have- $81 off on that pledge.
4: I have um, I have nineteen dollars if the uh, Red Wings beat Tampa in for each of the Tampa games that they play. So nineteen dollars per game for a Red Wing win. It's just two
1: games. Yeah, well, I have other ones. I'm trying to think of, but I'm I I pledged a dollar <laughs> for every Brendan Smith goal, a dollar for every Brendan Smith assist. And a dollar for every Brendan Smith point, which then Patrone reminded me, yeah, that's just two dollars per point. And I was like, it's. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, hey, yep, you're right. Hey, it's
3: his number. It works. Hopefully, someone stupid will have to assist on his own goal. you will have to give three dollars. That's okay. It's for the kids. I'll tell you, it actually does kind of make it more fun to have the pledges pay off. Except when you. Pledge hate pledges and end up having to pay because the, your team lost to Florida. That's not as yeah. much fun. But uh, Alfredson scoring the goal against Ottawa, where I, I pledged eleven dollars for that, that was that was it was satisfying. Thank you for for scoring didn't, kids, uh, Alfredson. Didn't Cleary's goal
1: earn like seventy bucks or something?
3: Uh, I I know specifically it earned seventy one.
1: Yeah, so I don't know. Someone be- pledged a lot of money if Cleary scored. Probably thinking it wouldn't happen, but it did. There should be a rule if like clear, clear scores, the game's over. Like they win. <laughs> He's the golden snitch. You just stop. I, I don't know what the golden snitch is, but it's a Harry Potter reference. Yeah. I, yeah. Read a book. I've, I've, never, <laughs> <seen>. I've, I've <laughs> never read a Harry Potter book or seen any of the movies, so so sheltered.
5: No, How I'm not sheltered.
1: I, so in terms, I want to pat you on the perfect.
4: head and just be like, "It's okay, buddy." No,
1: because when I was in sixth grade and everyone was reading Harry Potter, I was reading the sports page. So, <laughs> I mean, there's sports in Harry
2: Potter. that? What's that? They play. There's sports in Harry Potter.
1: <laughs> yeah, they're not real yeah. sports. No, they play oh. Quidditch at Emerson, and people laugh at
3: them and. Yeah, of course they, they do, laugh. and they should laugh at them. Yeah. And that's ridiculous. yeah. It, yeah. It should be that you knowledge. should learn or should been reading, like, How to Park Your Car Weekly. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good periodical. I read it. Yeah, it might be interesting. Yeah, yeah, I've got a ding on my my front fender because of it. Okay, I magazine. you oh, Hold, on, hold on. I'm my money back. Going back to highlights. <laughs> But yeah, if you haven't pledged yet, go, go pledge. It's a really good reason, and what the fuck are the you, you like? You need that money. It's kids. Kids are more important uh, yeah. than you. They're cooler than you. You it
1: on drugs and porn. You need that money.
3: You'll feel better, too. Money can't happen. They can like, drive. Oh, feeling good wings, about yourself for a little bit.
1: The wing's lost to the Panthers again, but at least I get to donate money
3: to needy children. At least I'll have less in my bank account now
4: And if you If you have a bunch of pledges that And if you have a bunch of pledges that didn't pay off You can still just donate the money
1: Mm -hmm. That's true Because it's the right thing to do So We should probably open this up What are your guys' predictions for this week? three games, four games on the docket. Tuesday at Florida, Thursday at Tampa, Saturday at home against the James Neal Liss Penguins, probably, and Sunday at home against the Lightning again. I'm thinking 0-4. <laughs> They'll
4: go 2-2, two and two, The and I'm going to go out on a limb and say that they will lose the home games.
1: Oh back-to-back home games next weekend another three games and four nights scenario I'm going to say
4: two and two
1: two. say zero zero and four
4: (laughs) so two and two then it's the same outcome really
1: maybe it's
4: the same number of points
1: sure but it's not in this There's no regulation, overtime wins. There's no row.
4: It's the East, Jeff. They just need to get points in their end. Yeah, like, thank fucking God. I don't, you know, if there is a God, like... Can you imagine if they were in the West playing like this? They'd be in negative last place. We would be panicking. Like, we'd be fighting with the Oilers. (laughs) We'd be like, oh, 16 points down after the first three weeks of the season. Good times.
3: Tyler, what's the uh, end uh, for the week? That's carton horse. If we were in the West, we'd win more games. We'd beat all the East. to the confidence of the West. Moving to the East made us worse. Prima falch Tyler, what's your prediction for the week?
2: I see two, one, and one. And, uh, very, very hard to envision them losing tomorrow. Well, the only thing I worry about well. is that uh, I'm sorry, Tuesday. See, th- okay, this is the one time where I was actually, you know, when we used to record these, and I would always mess up the tomorrow last night thing <laughs> since it was airing the next day. And now that I finally got it, we're live, which is great. Okay, Tuesday. Well, the only thing that concerned me about the, uh, it, you know, it's it's kind of a home and home, but it's, it's basically two home games for the Wings. So are they going to have that weird, terrible at the Joe, mojo with them when they play in Florida on Tuesday night? It's a good point. And, and
3: JJ, what do you think? I'm going to predict we beat Florida and Tampa on the road, and then we uh, get our shit handed to us by the Penguins, and then we lose in a shootout. So it's 2-1-1 with me as well. Uh, Tampa has uh, basically the same schedule this week as we do. They're playing uh, Sunday will be the third in four nights, and they will be coming from New Jersey, a game in New Jersey on Saturday. so They will also be tired, and that game will just be fucking... Boring,
4: ugly. <laughs> the game's just. gonna suck so hard.
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs> you know, that yeah. year the year of the was it twenty twenty one or twenty two oh. in a row at home? Or twenty three. Year before the yeah. loss. That year they lost lost seven games total and uh, seven regulation games total at home. And this year they've lost six already.
4: Well, so they're not gonna lose again at home.
2: So they get one more. They only lost seven last year. Albeit a shortened season.
3: It's just weird, man. Yeah, I don't know. I did like um Pierre McGuire asking Nicholas Cronwall, hey you guys are hard to beat at home. What do you think is up with that? <laughs> 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 just for a second. They're like five and ten at home, asshole. So that, that made me laugh. So uh, you guys have been final? Sean Avery... Yes, Go I ahead, do. JJ. Sean Avery tweeted like, just saw the chicken shit moves by Orpik and Neil. Maybe lying on the ice knocked out will make you think twice. Sean Avery said that. The guy who never willingly dropped the gloves with anybody and would do something exactly like James Neal did and then would just turtle the fuck out of somebody attacking him and get up smiling about him getting thrown out of the game. Sean Avery now has a valid point on what should happen to two guys who did a dirty, terrible thing. Hmm.
1: Do uh, you, Jeff? Do you, do you other gentlemen have any final hockey-related thoughts?
2: Oh, I sure don't.
3: No. No? Yeah. Well, I Jeff, just you I have think
1: we, sh- we should say congratulations to Michigan State. Their hockey team upset the number one-ranked uh, Minnesota team the other day, so it might be the Biggest sports accomplishment that the Spartans have had this year, so pretty pumped about that.
3: <laughs> yeah, not a lot going well for them. Yeah, good time. All right, cool. Well, I guess the number. The football team is to rank what number four? No, four, four in the country, number four. So if there was what, a was playoff, nice. if they ever had a playoff, so if both teams, teams lose the national championship, Michigan State could win it all. We just have to find a way for both teams to lose the national championship. Oh, my God, you're right. We'll get on it. I mean, you guys are I MSU mean, grads It's a valid degree as far as what I've been told.
1: Yeah, I'm just going to go burn <laughs> my couch after this, stuff. So. <laughs> uh,
2: I don't think get why work. burning couches get such a bad right. Sometimes there are shitty couches out there.
0: Well, and and, and, and that it that probably
2: don't a- hurt if they got
1: burnt. There's a lot of things that, that are a lot worse than that that people could do. Like, you know, flip cars and kill people and assault people right. from behind and swoop with them and punch them while they're on the ground. Like, if you're just going to burn a couch, cool. Maybe it's cold outside, right? Just helping keep
3: home yeah. warm, warm. Orphan couches are a pox on our society anyway. Just got to get rid of them. The cool. only... Final solution. Uh, everyone, just say goodbye now, though. We're we're
1: gonna we're gonna end this. Goodbye now, Bye. Graham. You
2: didn't say
1: goodbye. goodbye.
4: What? No, I'm still here. Sorry, I'm reading. I'm reading the Sean Avery thing.
1: Oh, <laughs> we're saying goodbye. <laughs> we're supposed to say
4: goodbye. Oh, uh, hey, yeah, okay. It.
0: You guys all dance when this comes on, too, right? Yeah, am winging it, winging it, winging it,